What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show with DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Happy to be with you for another week talking golf in the uh, late winter, early spring type of season. A little bit weird here uh, going on the air. It's still like light outside uh, here in the Midwest. So that's a little bit strange. I- I'm not really sure what to make of that, but daylight savings time has gone into effect. The kids are on spring break. Uh, it's still tax time. It's crazy here in the Van Zuden household, but uh, happy to be talking golf another week with you. I am Justin Van Zuden. I've got Derek Farnsworth alongside, as usual. Noto, what's going on? Yeah, I feel you. Uh, with, uh, with the busy times, uh, I think this is day 15 of me being a, a solo parent, so uh, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, our patience for each other is definitely wearing thin, but uh, yeah, we're getting through it. Uh, other than that, the players was a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, I like Rory a lot more than Scheffler. But, uh, yeah, it was a pretty good event, and uh, I really like it when the, the players struggle there at the end. Uh, it makes for it makes for some good TV. Yeah, tough uh, closing stretch there for sure. Plenty of water hazards, obviously. The there, Justin? What's that? All right, well, I think he is frozen. So uh, I'll just go ahead and start recapping. There's obviously uh, Scotty Scheffler ran away with it. Oh, he's back. Now he's not back. Uh, so he won by five strokes, and uh, the crazy part is he won, you know, by five while putting pretty filled average. I think he was T42 um, in terms of strokes game putting, so a uh, pretty wild finish. Um, he didn't really have to, you know, have many scares there at the end, but uh, got the job done, and uh, Justin's back. Uh, Am I back? Was, Can you hear me? Yeah, what would you think of the Scheffler finish there? I was just saying, you know, he won by five, and he was T42 strokes game putting. Just wild. Yeah, it was. And so uh, our producer, Steve, just mentioned, I think I was coming through just fine and I could hear you. So I'm not sure if there was something on your side or not, but just FYI, in case I freeze again. Um, I don't know. You have to check it out. But I, I, we're, I think we're good at the moment. Um, and it, it's just, I mean, Scheffler, pretty comfortable there. Basically, all of Sunday, you thought maybe Minwoo was going to put a charge in and uh, he, you know, kind of stumbled off the top. And it was just, you know, one of those weeks where, Scheffler got it going and uh, and there wasn't anybody to catch him. I mean, that's just wild when you think of, you know, usually when somebody wins by five, four, five, six strokes, uh, they're pretty much way up there in every strokes game category. So that was a little bit strange. Yeah, great round for him. And uh, yeah, Minwoo Lee won over my heart. Um, that guy, that guy's something else. He's uh, got a great Australian accent. Uh, the mustache needs some work, but uh, yeah, I mean, he uh, he's a fan favorite out there. Even though he was struggling, he made the most of his Sunday being in contention, uh, made that birdie on 16, and then hit that uh, great approach shot on 17, was was firing up the crowd. Uh, I really, I was really a big fan of his, and uh, the way he hits the ball, I mean, he was in a two-iron carrying at 270. Um, it was uh, pretty incredible, so he's a player to watch moving forward. I think he's going to get in the Masters, and I think he finished top 15 in last year's masters. So somebody to keep an eye on, um, obviously Hatton with the great finish. Anytime he's in the mix, we've talked about it a lot. He's a lot of fun just cause he wears his heart on his sleeve and hit that great shot on 18 and, uh, converted the putt. And then we got to talk about Tom Hoagie breaking the course record on Saturday with a 62. He thought he was going to miss the cut. And then, uh, afterwards, uh, on Saturday in the, in the post round review, he said, uh, we did it on an empty stomach because they had, they had nothing but healthy food there, and he wanted a cheeseburger. So uh, he uh, didn't end up eating. 
And then uh, I think Doug Ferguson on Twitter was saying, you know, Hoagie's probably going to have a coach seat riding home because that's just the way he does it. And, uh, yeah, Hoagie responded, hashtag 21C with the picture of his knees right up against the the seat in front of him uh, on the airplane. So uh, what a great guy, Hoagie. Um, great story. And, uh, yeah, what, what are some of your other takeaways? Yeah, lots of uh, carnage last week. Of course, uh, you know, we saw um, John Rahm there with the withdrawal. Um, Rory didn't play very well. Uh, Chris Kirk was plus four. Um, Matt Kuchar, who had been playing fairly well, was plus four. He missed the cut. Uh, Davis Riley missed the cut. Um, uh, Vegas, who I kind of liked as a value, missed the cut. Zalatoris made the cut, but basically scored negative points on the weekend. Horschel continues to struggle. Uh, so Keegan Bradley with a bad week was another guy who'd been playing really well. So lots of big names, and we talked about it last week. Uh, that you know those you'll tend to see results like that on this course just because there's so much unpredictability uh unfortunately most of that hit the guys in my snake draft team last week so i felt pretty confident now noto wasn't in it uh he forgot this over the course of the week but noto uh, was did not get in the snake draft last week so he could not see my wonderful roster and i felt pretty good about it once we got done drafting uh but uh apparently i should not have so uh, I had four missed cuts plus Zalatoris, who finished at plus eight. So uh, I basically had two golfers, and my four guys that missed the cut were all at plus six or worse. Uh, it was a plus six, a plus eight, a plus eight, and a plus 12, uh, which is not great, Bob. So uh, dead last, yours truly in the snake draft. Too bad we're not playing low ball. Uh, but producer Devin, not a good week. Dan Kramer, not a good week. Uh, so it was just, uh, you know, uh, upside down standings from where, uh, you know, if you reverse them, it's good for me, I guess. But Gerg was the winner, gas man in second, daddy dollars in third in last week's snake draft. We're going to see if Noto uh, remembers to get in this week uh, before we uh, finish up the show. But uh, yeah, just one of those weeks where, yeah, there, there ended up being some big names there at the top. But uh, a lot of guys that have been playing pretty well that uh, that missed the cut last week, too. Yeah, you mentioned Keegan Bradley. He was one of the more popular guys of the week. Uh, Corey Connors is the one that got me um, in my best lineup. And then, yeah, there at the end on, on Sunday, you basically didn't want any holes remaining um, there on the last two holes because everybody was struggling on 17. I mean, Montgomery made a seven or an eight. Uh, Rose hit in the water. Tommy hit in the water. Aaron Rye made a big number there. And then 18 was obviously playing extremely difficult. So, uh, it was one of those things where if you were cashing with uh, holes remaining, you were kind of uh, nervous there. And if you didn't have anybody, you were just rooting for carnage. Um, and that's kind of what I was doing with my showdown lineups. But, uh, yeah, fun week. Um, and you guys were talking about the snake draft. Uh, it's funny. Uh, I went immediately. I was like, man, I forgot who I drafted. And it took me 10 minutes looking through the my DraftKings you know, lineups to see, oh, yeah, I didn't uh, didn't get in. So I'll be the first in this week for sure. Your uh... – uh, your team still probably outperformed mine, uh, even though you didn't have one. That was uh, just a brutal week uh, for for my roster there. But uh, we'll see what we can make of this week, of course. Uh, moving on to the uh, Valspar Championship, I was going to look at uh, so split by wave. So the late players on Sunday uh, average four tenths over par on 17 and, uh, about three tenths over par on 18. So those last two holes playing about three quarters of a stroke over par, uh, for those late groups there on Sunday. So if you didn't make hay on, you know, 10, 11, 12, 16, 
uh, it was uh, it was a tough closing finish there. And uh, not that it mattered for Scheffler, who was five clear by the end of it, uh, despite Hoagie's big round and despite Hatton shooting seven under on Sunday. Anything else uh, from last week for you? Uh, my only other note is that on tough courses moving forward, they're great for Sunday showdown because so many of the guys at the top of the leaderboard just get 20-plus percent ownership, and nobody outside of the top 20 really ever gets rostered. And you just see so many of these guys fall down uh, in difficult scoring conditions, especially guys that you know aren't household names. So uh, just something to keep in mind moving forward. And, uh, yeah, ready to look forward to this week. How do you balance that, though? Because obviously, you know, one or two of the guys are at the top at the top, we're going to stay there. Like how do you balance that mix when you're doing your Sunday showdown lineups? So personally, I try to get two of the top guys. So I try to pick the winner um, and get him in there last week. Uh, I hit the lock button on chef and then try to pick one or two guys that are in the top 10 that I think will play well. And then uh, from, from that point, I just look for chasers down the leaderboard, especially if it looks like the afternoon conditions are going to be a little bit tougher, like we saw on Sunday. So I think I ended up uh, Chef and Tommy at the top, and then uh, I went with a bunch of chasers and almost took down the the GPP, but uh, Tommy Waterball there at the end uh, cost me. Well, it's a new week, and we get over the hump here this week uh, with the Valspar Championship. So another tough course, uh, Copperhead course at Innisbrook will be your host venue this week, uh, as usual, the host of this tournament uh with only 144 instead of 156 in the field hopefully we don't get like four groups backed up on the same tee like we saw a few times last week where you mentioned it well we have a cut on friday night the answer to that was a definite no uh because some of the late groups only got through like eight or nine holes uh on friday and i know that you know it was a slight issue with weather there on friday but they weren't going to finish anyway so uh maybe we can get there this week with a, a slightly smaller field but uh, it's another tough course, and that's when the rounds tend to uh, to drag maybe just a little bit longer. You get guys thinking over shots a little bit. Uh, and one of the rare tournaments here where we have a two-time defending champ this week. So what do you make of uh, the Valspar here? Yeah, should be uh, should be a very difficult test of golf. Last year they had uh, the lowest scoring round or tournament that they had in a long time, and so it sounds like they're going to grow up the rough. Um, they're going to take it from 3 inches to 3.75 inches. And then if you look at the wind, um, it's going to be 25 mile per hour plus gusts on Friday, Saturday and Sunday with uh, sustained winds above 50 miles per hour. So, yeah, we're going to get uh, another difficult golf course and the field's not that great. So I wouldn't be surprised to see single digit under par uh, ended up winning this week. It is a par 71, um, 7,300 yards doesn't seem that long, but it is pretty long for, you know, if you adjust for par, there are four par fives on the scorecard. And uh, yeah, uh, very narrow off the tee. It's not going to be like your other, you know, Florida courses that um, it's just like water and, you know, a couple of trees here and there. The fairways are tree lined. Um, there is some trouble um, if you don't hit the fairways. Obviously, I talked about the rough uh, being up. The snake pit's going to be holes 16 through 18. Pretty difficult stretch there. Water's in play on half the holes. The greens here are very small, so they are going to be difficult to hit. And then. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I'm kind of looking for guys that uh, are good on approach and good around the green. I think those are the two stats that you really want to focus in this week. You can definitely look at total driving. You can look at, you know, bogey avoidance. You can look at Bermuda putting. But we've seen Paul Casey play well here. This was his, uh, you know, biggest, best event on the PJ Tour. He's not a good putter. We've seen uh, Henrik Stenson, not a great putter. You know, he used to be, you know, course history guy here. 
So you can get it done in a number of ways, but uh, mostly I'm looking at around the green and approach. This was also the site of the first to to first round leader to uh, miss cut for Mr. Bradley. Okay, yeah, a while back. It's <laughs> been a while now. That's been about seven or eight years, it feels like. But uh, that was this was the site of that. So you see some volatility in the scores here as well. Uh, there is some water, not as much as what we've seen with some of the other courses here over the last month, but uh, there is some uh, water to be found on this course and uh, some big numbers. If you're hitting it in the wrong spots, runoff areas around the greens can make it tough to chip. So uh, like you mentioned, you know, around the green play can be important. Uh, and you do see a lot of long irons here. This is one of the courses where sometimes I'll look at like 175 to 200 yard approach play. Uh, you don't see as many wedges here as you see on some other courses because a lot of times guys will not take driver off the tee. So uh, just a few different angles to look at. Obviously, we've got plenty of course history, uh, and so you can look at that as well. Weather looks like it might be a small factor, but it's going to be breezy in Florida all the time. So uh, nothing out of the ordinary. Certainly, we can keep an eye on a potential advantage, but uh, too early at this point with us taping this on Monday night, as usual, to, to draw any conclusions there. So uh, anything else on the course for you? No, great call on the long irons, though. Uh, more than 65% of approach shots will be from at least 150 yards, and uh, almost 45% will be over 175. So, yeah, I do like that call quite a bit. And shout out to Josh Culp, who, you know, has worked with Roto-Grinders in the past. Uh, I don't know if he's done any shows with us, but uh, I saw his tweet today about Keegan Bradley. So he's finished sixth or better at the end of the first round of this event in five of the last six years. So if you want a first round leader bet uh, and then, uh, then, a that crazy? then a potential miscut bet, uh, <laughs> hit Keegan. Well, then it must have been one of those six, uh, probably the, the farthest back of the sixth where uh, he imploded in the second round. All right, uh, let's go ahead and start digging in. We don't have quite as strong of a field this week compared to last uh, couple. Uh, this event doesn't have the uh, elevated status or whatever the heck they're calling that with the, uh, the the upped events this year. So not quite as much thump at the top, but we do have Justin Thomas. We do have Jordan Spieth. Uh, we have the two-time defending champ in Sam Burns. Curious on your uh, your thoughts on him this week. And then Matt Fitzpatrick who's been very hit or miss over the last month or so uh, at your 10 K plus golfers this week. So not as much to love at the top, but uh, what do we make of these guys here at the the, the top four? Yeah. From a modeling perspective, uh, JT is kind of head and shoulders above the rest of the field for me. Um, I'm not sure about the Roto grinders model, but I'd, I'd imagine that's the same as well. Uh, he just uh, hasn't been very good on and around the greens lately. And typically he's very good around the greens. Uh, he has gained six and 5.2 strokes tee to green the last two starts. So uh, I don't mind going to JT. I think he deserves to be more than a, a 10 to one favorite. I think, uh, you know, he's the class of the field. So he's going to be my favorite. Speed's been playing a lot better. He did win here in 2015. I'm not necessarily jump chomping at the bit to play him at 10, six and probably high ownership. Uh, I don't know if you saw last week, but he was going to miss the cut, hit a fan, Bounce back in the yes, fairway. I did see that. Luckiest guy on the face of the planet. Come on. And then, like, after the third round, he got up to, like, 15th. Yeah, former uh, CEO Cal Spears texted me this morning and said, who do you like? And, I'm, and I told him. And uh, he's like, oh, I bet Spieth. You don't like him? And I was like, you should have missed the cut. And he's like, yeah, that's part of the Spieth magic. He played it right <laughs> off the guy's <laughs> knee. Dude's got more magic than Disney um, when it comes to that. But, yes, uh, I did see that. Uh, it, it was uh, – 
I don't know. My rosters were horrible last week anyway, so it wouldn't have made any difference. Yeah. Uh, but uh, just laugh. You know, that never <laughs> happens to the guys when I need it to happen to them. But uh, just speak thought to give the that fan a, a nice little uh, stipend there for. I heard know, he asked zip. for like 16 tickets to the Masters or something. <laughs> so uh, he's uh, he's definitely getting his uh, money. Worth. He's going to take the whole family. Yeah, extended. Um, so I don't mind speed, but we'll see on the ownership front. Burns, I'm going to be off of Burns. I know he's won here twice. I know he loves the place, but his stats are just all over the place. He's lost at least five strokes tee to green in four of his last nine. Like elite players don't do that. So that worries me. And then you talk about fits. The form has obviously been off, but if you look at his long irons, they're a lot better than his wedges. So he's a guy that I don't, uh, don't mind going to as a pivot off of Burns if he's going to be popular. And Fitzpatrick did finish fifth here a year ago. So I do like that call, you know, assuming obviously he's healthy, which at this point, you know, seemed to indicate that he is just uh, hasn't been as consistent as what we saw maybe a year ago. Uh, we know he can be longer off the tee now and uh, the long iron. Uh, obviously, I'm into that kind of long iron narrative this week. So uh, I'm in off Fitzpatrick. We're pretty much in agreement here. Uh, Thomas and Fitz, no speed, obviously, for me, and I'm not paying that salary for Burns. Uh, who is clearly below the other three in terms of our uh, Roto Grinders projections. And he's just got the bump based on that course history. So I am off of him as well. We'll have plenty of uh, exposure to Thomas and Fitzpatrick above 10K. Uh, then the next range, I think, is really interesting because now everybody's going to feel overpriced after the last few weeks when we had weak uh, or strong fields. And so these kind of weaker players that, you know, were priced way down. And now all of a sudden you're going to see guys who have been in the 7Ks the last few weeks in like the 9Ks this week. So we talked about Brian Harmon had been struggling. Uh, McCarthy hit or miss. You know, Keegan didn't play well last week. And Justin Rose all the way up at 9,600. Uh, these are guys that are going to feel overpriced to a lot of people. So people just say, well, if I'm going to spend up, I might as well get a Spieth or a Thomas and just skip out on this 9k range now keegan with his course history i think will be the one that gets the most attention uh, had one right now we're projecting in our early ownership projections as uh, fairly extreme chalk which surprises me just a bit but uh, what do you think on these 9ks yeah a lot of good plays in this range but uh yeah like you said everybody does feel a little bit overpriced so you're gonna have to you know make some decisions there um if you do want to play jt you could probably play one of these guys in the 9ks and then you know dip down a little bit but uh, Keegan Bradley's number two in the model this week, and it looks like he's number four in the Roto Grinders model. So uh, obviously a guy that uh, has played well here in the past, especially in the first round. And I went back and looked at some of his shots uh, in that second round from the players just because he was hitting in the water from like 80 yards out, and he got some bad bounces. So I'm willing to throw that out. Um, I like the course history. I like where his game's trending. He's got a lot of top tens this year. So he's going to be my favorite. I like Tommy Fleawood anytime he's in Florida um he's been putting pretty poorly but he's been one of the better iron players in the field over the last couple months rose has been playing well you mentioned hadwin being popular i like him i actually bet him he has one year before he's made 14 of his last 15 cuts but he's just one of those guys that if he gets you a you know t25 he's not going to kill you so i don't mind being a little underweight uh 21 and i will continue to be uh fading brian Harmon. lost on approach in seven straight lost around the green in five straight can't do it. Are you guys done? Uh, are you just 
broken up for good or maybe you'll you see each other, see other people for a little while and see how it goes or yeah absence uh makes the heart grow fonder or what's the saying <laughs> something yeah. like that i think it's so, uh, I, I don't know but uh, I, and i'm blanking on the phrase as well but uh, neither here nor there i guess um I don't know. I think you like this range a little bit better than I do. Like I, I like Hadwin too, but I'm not going to play him for the reason that you mentioned, you know, he's a guy that's top 15, top 20, you know, top 25. I, I just don't see the huge win equity potential there with Hadwin. And if he's going to be mega chalk, I, I just, I can easily pass on him at 9,100 or 9,200 and 21% ownership. Same goes for McCarthy. I do like Keegan a good bit. Um, I always tend to like Fleetwood a bit, but it's not like he's cheap either. And uh, Riley, I'm not on. So I don't know. I, I I think that I just dip down into the 8Ks and get a little bit more exposure to Thomas and uh, Fitzpatrick in, in the 10s. But got to play maybe somebody in here. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, it's just that, I don't know if it's that they feel overpriced and I'll grow, you know, with some of them as the week goes on. But uh, as of now, I don't have much interest here in the 9Ks. Yeah, I would say the only guy that doesn't fill overpriced this week is probably JT because he's going to be that expensive at yeah. you know some of the majors this year. So, yeah, I don't mind that approach if you do want to just load up on JT or Speed and then kind of dip to the AKs. I do like Riley a little bit. Uh, we've had this event circle for Riley for, what, six months now um, as the place to play him, and uh, he has flashed a little bit of life recently. So I'll play some Riley. Everybody in the industry has bet him already. So his number is just cratering. I think he's down to like 32 to one, which is probably a bad number, but uh, I bet him at uh, 40, I think. Yeah. I wouldn't bet him at 30. If it starts to keep getting down there, that seems a little, that seems a little hot, but uh, uh, then if he wins, uh, then I guess we'll be seeing all the, uh, the, the Twitter screenshots from everybody on Sunday. All right, uh, we're dipping into the uh, the eight Ks here. Uh, Justin Suh has finally started to capitalize on his potential. He's been playing fairly well. Wyndham Clark getting some buzz as well. So all these guys that you know we've kind of talked about over the past year or so, uh, they're uh, up into the uh, upper echelon of pricing this week uh, with their kind of recent form. And then you get guys that maybe have the track record but haven't been playing quite as well recently, like Gary Woodland uh jt poston but uh it's just kind of the the somewhat scuffling veterans mixed with the up and coming kind of rising guys you got brandon Wu in here ben griffin continues to play well he faded over the weekend uh last week but still had a really solid week for him so uh interesting here on whether you go with kind of the rising young guns or with some of the veterans here in the eight case well, you got former uh, mortgage loan officer, Ben Griffin, uh, who just continues to play well. Just top 30 every single week, it seems like. He's going to be popular, but uh, the models love him. The form's good. Uh, he's been very good on Bermuda, so it's hard not to like him there. Outside of that, I don't have any strong takes. Uh, Gary Woodland's been very good with the ball striking lately, and he's been atrocious on and around the green. So on these windy days, that does worry me a little bit. I don't mind Justin Sub, but if he's going to be 23% at 8,900, I mean, that's that's a tough pill to swallow just because he's never played here before. But uh, the Florida results so far, T5, T24, yeah, T6. Very good. So, yeah. Uh, and he's a California kid. I kind of expected him to pop on the West Coast like Taylor Montgomery. Uh, we've compared these two a lot. And, you know, Montgomery was great on the West Coast, and now Justin Sub's playing a lot better. So 
there uh, is quite guys... literally nobody in this range that has any sort of good course history. <laughs> that's that's pretty crazy. Either nothing or bad. That is pretty crazy. And then Wyndham Clark, everybody's going to play Wyndham Clark. Um, he's also another um, betting favorite this week. So I don't know what to do there. He's been playing great. The irons have been good. Um, but typically I like him on courses where you're going to hit a lot of drivers. So uh, I don't have a strong take on, on Clark. Yeah, I'll probably end up playing one of him and Suh and uh, choosing wrong. I haven't decided which one yet, but uh, we'll see where the – right now we got Clark at lower ownership and Clark with a higher projection, so I probably lean towards him, but uh, no you know, absolute must play, I think, out of that group. I do like uh, Wu and GPP some. Uh, he doesn't project it as well either, but don't mind. Uh, I think maybe his risk-reward potential is a little higher. Uh, Griffin is going to be a little bit more popular. So uh, I'll sprinkle in again. I mentioned I'm not playing a lot of guys in the nine K. So got to take some chances on some of the guys here that even if they don't have the best course history, we'll, we'll sprinkle a few of them in, but it only gets worse as we get into the seven K. So anybody else at the bottom end of this range, Moore, Poston, KH uh, Lee, grab you. Did Aaron Rye end up WD? Uh, I think so. Let's see if we can find it. He played pretty well last week. Yeah, we haven't projected. Yeah, he's him. out. Okay. Cameron Percy is in. Ooh, Cam Percy. He's a good iron player. Um, doesn't do anything else very well, but uh, yeah, he's a good iron player. Um, other guys in the AKs, not really. I like the course fit for Poston. He just hasn't been good lately. It's been the putter, so I guess you can make a case that that turns around. He typically is a pretty good putter, but he's lost four straight. Um, yeah, I don't mind Poston. All right, let's go ahead and head down into the uh, 7K range where, again, it starts to get somewhat thin. Uh, Victor Perez sighting at 7,800. Johnny Vegas uh, was about plus 1,000 last week. He was one of those guys on my snake draft squad. Um, it just a lot of guys in here that we haven't seen a whole lot from lately. I mean, Damon, uh, Gordon's cooled off. Pearson Cootie was kind of a, a, a trendy punt play a few weeks back. You know, Smalley, we haven't seen a lot from lately. There's a lot of names in here, but uh, Ben Taylor and, and Neesmith have been things in the past. Uh, Ryan Garrard is getting some ownership. He's kind of the chalk in here. He's one of the guys that's getting talked up a bit. But uh, your thoughts on the uh, 7K range? So chat favorite, uh, Jaeger deserves, uh, deserves a look this week. He's been playing well. Um, very good two degree numbers his last three starts. And uh, yeah, pretty good finishes at Players Bay Hill and Genesis, all really good fields. So don't mind looking at him at 78. I do like Victor Perez quite a bit. He won in, I want to say Dubai, and he's had four straight uh, top 30s over in Europe. And we've seen a lot of good European tour players play well here in the past. So um, especially in the windy conditions that are forecasted. I do like him, especially if the 6% ownership holds, although he's got the lowest Vegas odds of anybody in this range. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that number go up a little bit in terms of the ownership. Don't mind Gary Kigo. I don't know if you were watching on Sunday, but uh, he airmailed the 16th green by like 30 yards and ended up on the other side of the water. And the announcers just couldn't believe it. Um uh, so he's a talented young guy. Um, he's won on the PGA Tour. He won that, uh, I think it was at Palmetto a couple of years ago. Other than that, I don't have a strong take. I'm okay going back to Vegas, but it doesn't look like he's going to be uh, very low-owned after his miscut. Yeah, that surprises me a bit. Uh, but then again, not as many people played him last week, so maybe that's why. 
<clears throat> and, and I don't mind playing him again, but uh, Will Gordon has been a guy I've played quite a bit, played quite a bit during the fall swing. Uh, I think, you know, again, guys that you got, you got to sprinkle in some plays down here. So I don't mind him. Uh, Neesmith's got some pretty good course history. If you can ignore <clears throat> the, uh, the recent form, uh, the, the stats, you know, off the tee uh, and short game have been a little rough of late. Uh, but he does have some decent course history and, you know, I'd argue some more talent than other guys in this range. So don't mind using him in some tournament builds. Uh, not everybody, again, with this weaker field this week, uh, there's not going to be anybody down here that checks all the boxes for you. So you've got to, you know, or if there was somebody that checked all the boxes down here, they'd be, you know, the massive chalk of the week. So uh, you got to take some chances. Don't be afraid to go against the grain a little bit. Uh, even if you're, you know, a little uncomfortable with some of the plays yourself, uh, I think this is an interesting week to take a shot on somebody uh, that maybe has two, three, four percent ownership down here, like a, you know, a Grayson Sig or Patrick Rogers or something like that, or Bramlett. Uh, well, Bramlett's got a little bit more ownership, but those are the types of plays I think that can uh, help differentiate your lineups this week. Anybody else uh, that might be popping on your radar for tournaments down at the lower end of the seven K range? So at uh, 7,400, I like Pearson Cootie. was obviously one of the better players coming out of college, finished T14 uh, last time we saw him at the API. And uh, he went to school in Texas, so uh, very comfortable in the wind, you would imagine. Um, probably a lot of miscut equity and probably a lot of you know top 10 equity there. So boomer bus guy for tournaments, I don't mind. Other than that, um, Eric Cole, you know, lives in Florida. I think his home course is actually Bay Hill. Um, he played well at the Honda, nearly won there. Played well at the players last week. Don't mind looking there. And you mentioned Bramlett being pretty high-owned. Uh, SH Kim, for the longest time, he was uh, more expensive than this and more popular in better fields. Um, his form has been really bad, but don't mind going back to him. And then Mark Hubbard, two things he's good at, uh, approach play around the green. Uh, I don't mind looking to him. He doesn't have the best course history here, but that's just what you're going to get in this price range. Yep. Nobody that's going to do everything for you. Uh, and I don't mind taking a shot on some of those guys, like I mentioned, uh, except probably Knox at 6,900. I think I'm off of that train for now, even though he's made the last four cuts at this event. Uh, he has, uh, he's taken the dive with Brian Harmon uh, in terms of his recent results. So I think I've got to abandon ship on Russell Knox for now. Uh, Glover's made the cut the last four times he's played here. Uh, Troy Merritt, eighth and 27th the last two times he's played here. But uh, these are all guys that uh, are just struggling for form at the moment. Uh, and without a ton that you need to spend up on this week, nobody above 11K uh, just doesn't make sense, I don't think, to dip too much into the 6Ks. Uh, anybody else down there that might be catching your fancy? Uh, I think you mentioned Carl Yuan. Uh, he's right now pretty well for me, but my favorite guy is uh, Kevin Roy. So <laughs> he's only played in 10 events with shot link data, but he's number two in this field, strokes gain approach, and he is number two in this field in proximity from 175 to 200. He's only 6,300. Uh, he played pretty well at the Honda top 30 there, similar course, played pretty well in Puerto Rico. So, yeah, he's uh, he's my favorite punt of the week. 
Well, the snake draft tonight will be awfully interesting. Uh, we're going to have to dig a little bit deeper into the players uh, that are in this field uh, when you compare to the, you know, how deep we've had to go the last couple of weeks. So uh, we will get ready to uh, set that in motion here shortly. Uh, for those of you, though, that are listening on the podcast feed, I don't think we've really got anybody else to uh, to mention. Uh, Noto, anything else before we send those folks away? Uh, make sure to check out Scores and Odds. we got uh, all of our good golf bets up there, and then uh, tons of guys providing picks for the uh, March Madness tournament coming up. So that should be a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, check out Scores and Odds. And, yeah, good luck this week. It's going to be uh, It's going to be a grind. Uh, this is always a brutal time to be doing taxes because I want to be focusing on March Madness. And it's March Madness starts the same day that this golf tournament starts, and it's just uh, it stinks. But that's okay. Uh, we can still enjoy some good NCAA tournament games uh, now that a lot of states have legal sports betting. I, I think that uh, you know it'll be uh, really entertaining for a lot of folks with March Madness uh, and all the picks that we've got there at Scores and Odds. So. Feel free to check that out. And then uh, outside of that, if you're listening on the podcast feed and you would uh, like to tune out, you can feel free to do that now. And uh, we'll be uh, sure to catch you back here next week. So thanks for listening as always.